Welcome to the Geekstrom Podcast, a podcast that really missed you guys last week. Being honest, we probably had a lot to talk about, but we're we're in no emotional state uh, to to do any of that. Uh, still huge in Germany, though. And also, I was told by a friend, and I don't, I'm not sure how I've missed this for so long, but uh, I'm supposed to introduce myself as well. I just go straight into introducing Anthony usually, uh, but I should say who I am, and I'm Frankie. Uh, who is apparently the host of this podcast. So hello, it's me. Yeah, and I'm Anthony, who is, uh, I'm here for the ride, again. <laughs> <laughs> it, man, and, alright, we we had to get something recorded for you guys as soon as possible after this most recent episode. This is, this is the first time we're doing it on the Monday after a new Game of Thrones episode instead of the Tuesday. So we'll be ahead of the curve for all those really high produced podcasts that don't get their stuff out until yeah. thursday and also like yeah, they got, I, I didn't have to work tonight so it kind of worked out yeah. <laughs> and they got they got sponsors and stuff and they actually get paid to do this where we're just oh we get talking we get paid and exposure yeah and, and in germany yeah oh huge all you. we love you <laughs> uh so i wish that we had questions to answer from uh two weeks ago but we to the best I mean, of my knowledge, we don't. Yeah, I did um, actually get a couple of questions. Oh. But they were about Jamie, and the question was uh, by Ricarda in Berlin. Hi, Ricarda. Um, do we uh, think the Jamie plot is going anywhere? Which um, <laughs> I can't really... I uh, guess we can answer that now. Uh, we don't <laughs> Not- think shit now, but... Uh, yeah. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Technic, you know, by by show standards, technically we didn't see him or Cersei die. Oh, come we on. saw what <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, we saw what appeared to be them being, uh, you know, cascaded upon by bricks. And yeah, such. we're gonna uh, see. But... We're gonna see Jamie's golden hand come up from the rubble at the end credits. <laughs> it's gonna be like Terminator, dude. <laughs> we're like, um, Carrie. Was that Carrie at, uh... at the end? Oh, is I it? Think, yeah, I think it was at the end of Carrie when her hand came up from the grave. Oh, that's some evil After dead shit right she, there. Like, burned uh, down the the prom and everything fell on her. Yeah, you're right, man. I have not seen that in a long time. Oh, but that's definitely we're definitely not talking about no, Carrie. No, uh, on, on this, on this no, this is uh, purely purely what Star Wars we're talking about. Yeah, the movie well, Long you know, Shot. it's funny. That was a good movie. <laughs> considering really. that, uh, well, I actually saw Detective Pikachu. Have no, you seen that I yet? Haven't. How was it? Super fun. I enjoyed it a lot. The human parts of it were garbage, like a lot of um, animated slash live action uh, movies are. Should but they have like all the Pokemon they have stuff? Done, like two D and live action, kind of like like Who Framed Roger? No, Rabbit, I just or... think that the 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 the. The 3D element of it was great. I actually really liked what they did with most of the Pokemon. Some of them are like, uh, I guess the best way to describe it was slimy looking, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but all of the furry Pokemon were great. Like Pikachu was awesome from beginning to end. But I just think that the uh, child, tween, young adult actors that they had to fill out the main roster uh, were lacking. They weren't that great. But everything else was awesome. Ryan Reynolds, charming and hilarious, even coming out of a Pikachu. 
Yeah, but Ryan Reynolds is good in everything he does. I love him. Yeah, it's kind of, it hurts, you know, for a man to be that uh, classically and unearthly attractive and also have great comedic timing. It's just, uh, <laughs> he's, he's just the something for the rest of us, man. Of, like, family <laughs> movies. Pod, pod, the well, sex okay, guy. Deadpool's All not right, a family um, movie, but whatever. What were yeah. we talking about? Game of Thrones? Um, yeah. Game of Thrones, yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, that this uh, episode is titled The Bells, or maybe even The Bell. I I think I might have added that S on there. I think it had the S, because I remember, like, looking at the title and singing The Bells of Notre Dame, and... I I assumed that, knowing you as well as I do, that that would have at least crossed your mind, um, if not escaped your For anyone not familiar um, with me, one, you're lucky... Two, I am a huge <laughs> fan of uh, the novel um, Notre Dame de Paris or Hunchback of Notre Dame. I even love the Disney movie. I love the play. It's one of my favorite stories. So, you know, that's just a fun fact. <laughs> but yeah, the bells. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so we, we did mention at, at the beginning, we had done a pretty good job up until this last uh, episode of having a chat a little fireside chat after each uh each episode of the new season but we did miss the prior one which was the post battle uh episode um you know some some cool stuff some sad stuff some political intrigue you know a lot of the furthering of the john and danny rift that was being created by you know john's heritage and whatnot but ultimately the main i think kind of the main thing that came from it was Jamie left. Uh, so did Arya and the Hound or Sandor as we'll get oh, to. Yeah. My heart. So beautiful. Uh, and John, uh, you know, we lost a dragon, uh, Rhaegal, uh, and we also lost Masendi, uh, which was terrible. Um, and we were completely and 100% primed for a full-on, uh, Danny Rage Fest. Um, and that's basically where we pick up. And also, we'll get to Euron at some point, uh, yeah, not for long, in this episode, but, but I also, yeah, I also want to just point out how ridiculous it is that, like, he, he has become this legendary figure through his actions for literally the probably the worst person in Westeros but the least interesting character in the show for the amount of things that he's done he killed a he killed a fucking dragon yeah and and, and I still I'm like I I'm not buying it I don't like you like I hate it. he's I hate just it. and and I feel bad cuz like the actor I I like him I think he does a good job with what he's got but like I just Euron Greyjoy is such a he's not a good villain in the show but book Euron right. is fucking cool and like but I think um because the Night King isn't a thing in the books really um I think Euron in the books is kind of gonna take the form of the Night King in some way but yeah yeah it's, it's, I think it's gonna probably take the place of the kind of magical bad guy you know based off of everything that he's kind of uh set himself out to be as far as the books are concerned which is 100 percent probably 
1000% more compelling than his character in the show. Um, but yeah, we'll get to him um, and his role in this episode. But what we do have is, you know, because Danny and the rest of the crew was trying to make the Dragonstone, that's where we kind of start this episode and we get John and Davos showing up. But ultimately, the idea fomented in the last episode between Tyrion and Varys about how to best proceed forward with uh, the news that Jon is Aegon Targaryen and, you know, what to do with all that. There's definitely a divergence in uh, what they think should happen. Uh, Varys is up to his old Varys tricks, but he is around different type of people, and he doesn't usually, he doesn't have the type of network that he normally has, so his schemes and dreams don't go quite as well as they normally do, uh, which is a tough look. Very, very yeah, difficult and, and I, for my man I really Varys. kind of like seeing Varys, like, in this state, too, where he's very, um, like, he's weak, but, like, he's clearly not as uh, good at collecting information as he used to be, and um, I, I really like how he still acts like nothing has changed, even though everyone's like, alright, you have, like, two spies now, relax, like. Right. Like, uh, what was that girl's name? I think it was, like, Martha or something like that. Let's go with that. Yeah, that works uh, it me. was with an M. <laughs> and I thought he said Misa. And I was like, wait, what? But yeah, no. That would yeah, be weird. He, and he gave her, like, chocolate or some shit. And he was like, oh, yeah, the greater the risk, the greater the reward. And I was like... Did you, real quick, did you think that, that he... Because, you know, just because of how they've... And it's a, it's a difficult thing to say. Uh, when it comes to Varys in particular, but because of how much they've neutered ah. a lot of the characters, <laughs> this, I know, I'm sorry, in this show, uh, did you think, because I thought for a second, I'm like, is Varys like legit just trying to poison Danny? Like when he was talking about, you know, the, his little bird came and said she's not eating, and then he said to her, you know, well, we'll keep trying, uh, they're going to miss you in the kitchen. So I was like, of all the things that he's done, of all the plots, of all the various nefarious things he's done, is he legit just going to poison, try to poison her? Is that well, how this is going to go? That's... I think, I mean, I think it is a good suspicion of her to have. Um, right. And I think it's kind of interesting to note that Ares, her, her dad, was like the same way. Like, he wouldn't eat food unless like three people tasted it. And, um... He was, like, so petrified of, like, getting poisoned, and, I mean, he was paranoid. And I think the fact that Varys is already, the fact that he's Varys alone, like, you don't trust him, period. And even if he is, like, for the people, as he says, which I'm sorry, I don't like, because if he was for the people, he would have gotten rid of the Mad King a long time ago, when he could have right. instead he was whispering in his ear spreading rumors gossiping and causing more people to die but that's neither here nor there um but if Varys cared about the realm he probably would have found a way to get rid of danny already yeah i think it just and i just want to go ahead and make a, a blanket statement and feel free to disagree or amend this in any way that you see fit but we're not really here to you know lament 
in long form how this season is going down uh how it's basically been for two and a half seasons at this point with the you know truncated time frame and the speeding up of plot points and everything uh so we know that a lot of the problems that we're gonna probably bring up center around that like it's an outside force that's affecting the story inside of it um but it doesn't negate our ability to kind of wonder out loud why characters are doing because they're still being written and it's still happening in the realm of the show uh so kind of questioning a tactic of a character that we know in the past to have been a little bit more fleshed out but now doesn't seem to operate with the same vigor is not something where we're like oh but it's just because you know the showrunners don't care anymore they're clearly checked out we're just looking at it objectively from inside of the show like that i just want to make that part clear i think that's important yeah and i mean to to an extent too like we i do kind of think the showrunner like i think they care and i mean you know you don't work on something for nine years and just say okay whatever i'm done but i mean you had mentioned, and I totally agree, that they should have done 10 seasons, 10 episodes, but we're not going to get that. Um, right. I think it's important to know that, like, whatever happens is going to be the end game, and whether it's rushed or not, which we'll get to that, too, but, I mean, that is what's going to happen, more more or less. I mean, I think, right. like, how we get to where we are with certain characters will change, Um. Like, I, I don't think Varys is ever gonna, like, align with Danny in the books at all. Um, right. Because in, in the books, he's backing a fake Aegon Targaryen. So, like, whether he burns because of that or because he betrayed it, it you know, it, he's gonna burn. We know that. Right. Um, which, by the way, that scene was really cool. Let's, yes, let's jump right was. into that. But you, but, but you know... <laughs> You know what I was thinking the entire time, like, because I, I I had a, a sneaking suspicion that that's how they were gonna frame that shot, um, because just like this is gonna be fucking cool if they do it, and they did. I was like, yeah, yes, like that was... but then the whole time I was thinking, and you're telling me that John fucking Snow couldn't pet Ghost? Oh yeah, they had this cool ass shot, but John couldn't pet his dog. Rude. Yeah, the fact that they like did it. any of this episode and John couldn't pet his dog is kind of like insulting, but that and it, it, they doubled down on that by saying that him not petting Ghost or saying goodbye to Ghost in any meaningful way like made it mean more. No, it's don't just like lie. fuck don't off. Lie. You didn't. You, you they couldn't do it for budget reasons, whatever. Even though I don't really believe that either, because like, nope, this show has Disney money. Like it is a blank check. <laughs> they, they they can do anything and, now. And that comes back to our our tenth season, hundred episodes thing. You know that that's the part where it's difficult to kind of. Uh, and again, I don't want to get into this too deep, but it's difficult to to reconcile some of the decisions that are made because they could like a uh, Benioff and Weiss could have given this to Cogman. Who I think would have yeah, clearly loves the hell out of these characters. 
Um, and they could have they could have signed off. They could have got that EP credit and made a ton of money, and been free to go do whatever else you know, whether it's Star Wars or whatever or else they weird wanted ass, to do. Like, Confederate show that they were talking about, which yeah, which is that going to be a that? thing? Yeah, that's or terrible. Did they? I really hope not. It seems like it it's died, but who, I who knows? Know. I like. I don't know. But um, yeah, they like HBO was like, listen. We make so much money. I know the show costs a lot, but we make so much more money off the show that it's not even funny. Do what you got to do. They could, we could have had our 10-100 if we wanted, if they wanted, but they didn't. And they also, for whatever reason, were like, not only, it's like one of those things where it's like, well, I don't want to date you anymore, uh, but I also don't want you to date anyone yeah, else. Like... You know, it's like, they were very much like, a, we're going to end it the way we want to end it. Because we don't want anyone else to end it. Yeah, by us. and I mean, and that this... annoys me because like George R. R. Martin wrote like most of the like material, and yeah. well, the good half of the material, <laughs> and um, <laughs> right, and it's like he's watching his magnum opus get written by like David and Dan, and I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't want to trash the showrunners. Uh, whatever I think of them, you know, they're good people. I'm sure. Yeah, but. Like, I, I mean, you know, if if they felt that way, they should have probably thought, well, I mean, George might not have wanted us to finish his story this way, too. But, you know, they right. if they were getting tired of it, like you said, like, this is a cash cow for HBO. And it's like, mm-hmm. it is a huge thing. It, Game of Thrones is the biggest thing in, I don't know, since Breaking Bad for TV. For sure. I think it's bigger than Breaking Bad, too, actually. Oh, yeah, definitely. Better, I'm not sure, but definitely bigger. Um, And I, like, but, I mean, again, that's, we work with what we've got, and, like, yeah. it sucks, but, you know, George Here probably won't finish the books anyway, <laughs> so, that, like, I gotta, we gotta get an that's ending. And I do think, like, Daenerys is gonna do all the shit that's happening in the in the books, right. but I think it's going to be played out in a way that's better, if for lack yeah. of a better word. Like it's going to be more fleshed out, which we'll we'll get to that too. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the other thing with Varys too that I'd wanted to mention was he talked a few times in the series about when they cut his uh, member off. Mm-hmm. Um, they threw his dick off, threw it into the fire, turned it blue, and he heard a voice. And he heard a word or a couple of words, and we never mm-hmm. found out what those words were. So this, you think it's Dracarys? I think it was maybe. like he heard Dracarys, but if that's the case, then I don't think he would have been so uh, eager to back Danny to begin with. Because we'd <laughs> right. be like, oh, well, there's no way the woman who shows Dracarys every time she lights things on fire. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean. That might as well be Danny's house words at this point. I think a lot of people think that's what they are. Oh boy! Yeah, it's the so people that name their get... cat Khaleesi. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, so I do like. It's very interesting because before we get to the point where Varys, you know, because that that scene when he hears the Unsullied walking towards his door and he takes off his rings and everything, super cool. Well shot, and again, we'll probably echo that a million times throughout this pod. But just the shot shots in this episode were just oh yeah, majestic. But just the sound design too, um, which I, I really want to talk about yeah, later for sure. Oh, man. But there is a scene. 
prior to this when Tyrion is talking to Danny and like they leaned into it and I actually would probably have liked to see maybe like and again this is in the 10 100 world that we wish that we were living in um but I would like to have seen at least half a season of Danny in this state where she's disheveled and upset and emaciated and all this because of the things that are happening for her to be and that she should legitimately be upset about um but she has this very poignant statement to Tyrion cuz Tyrion's like you know, I told Varys, you know, I betrayed you. And he's like, no, it was John. He's like, no, 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 hold on. I, I'm the one that told Varys. And she's like, yeah, but you didn't tell me. You didn't talk to me before he talked yeah, to Varys. Which is a good point. And the only the reason way. you know. Yeah, it's and it's super true. You you know, you you only know because Sansa told you. Who told Sansa? John. And so, like, again, sowing those seeds again of that rift between danny and john which you know at this point as much as people are like i can't believe this is happening or i can't believe that this is the motivating factor at this point it's like they've done enough for this to be a legit thing whether it's gonna be able to play out over this one last remaining episode in a meaningful way remains to be seen we got a week and about 80 minutes to find out but ultimately you know i think that they're planting the seeds in a correct way but before all of that happens, you know, this this foundation gets laid. But when they actually get to the point where Varys is burned alive, uh, Tyrion says to him, you know, it was me. I'm basically the one that sold you out. And they have this moment. And Tyrion, after, you know, they say goodbye, old friend, and all that stuff, Tyrion touches Varys's arm. And, like, Varys looks at that like he's never seen that before and it made me think i'm pretty sure that they've never even like shook hands or anything before it's been a lot of nodding because no, i i think so, for, throughout the se- the whole thing i think uh like varus has never had a friend like right and i mean maybe he doesn't need one but like interion idiot that he is <laughs> um like Tyrion kind of became a friend to him Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, we saw them, like, bickering back and forth in, like, season two. They had their banter. And, like, they were together for a while. And, I mean, Varys, you know, he picks out Tyrion to serve Daenerys because he's like, hey, you're a good man. And the fact that the two of them recognize that they're good people who want what's best, like, you know. But I just kind of have to roll my eyes at that because now... Tyrion's like, yeah, I sold you out for treason, and then I'm gonna go commit treason later tonight, by the way. Like, right. what the right. fuck? Tyrion, like, I'm sorry, Tyrion is dumb, but, like... And it sucks, it really, it really sucks, because, you know, like his motivation or not, like Peter Dinklage or not, through, like, four and a half seasons... Uh, Tyrion was one of the MVPs of the show. Oh, like he was what you tuned in to he, see. He and saved see the entire city of Blackwater Bay. Like, yeah, he um when he did that trick to like um find out who was like betraying him to the queen by like telling everyone different oh, yeah. names. Uh, and like when Cersei found out that Marcella was going to Dorne, then he's like, oh well, I told Pycelle that. So and it like 
he was just so smart, and now he's just like, hey, Varys, you don't have a cock. Um, also, <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? No. But um, I did kind of like Tyrion in this episode, so. Well, he, d- he did have his moments, yeah. for sure. Um, but I, I thought the whole, because essentially Danny like, again is like hey Tyrion, if you fuck up one more time which is like the fourth time that she said this at this point yeah no i was gonna say i think uh, she said that like three times this season yes then i'm gonna murder you and she's like we caught your brother trying to get through our lines you know he's imprisoned and then of course Tyrion's like who can i talk to about this and like we get the like half of the total lines that davos says in the entire episode in uh, him being asked by Tyrion to help smuggle uh, Jamie through the lines. And he goes to Jamie to release him, you know, knowing clear and well that he's making a gigantic mistake trying to get back to Cersei, but he's just like, who cares at this point? Maybe you can try and convince her to leave, and if she leaves, that will save people. And that's that's basically the whole, you know, this is where the the episode is going to pivot around whether this thing happens or not. And they do have a sweet moment. Oh yeah. Like they do uh, have Peter, Peter's acting there was like really good. Oh, yeah. And uh, when, when he had said like, you know, I wouldn't have survived without you. Like, and I mean, I, so like, I don't like Tyrion for all of his, Oh no, my sister is a good person deep down nonsense. But yeah. I think he was more doing that for Jamie Right. So, like, the more I think about because, it, the I more mean, I'm like, oh, maybe I was I jumped the gun a little bit. Right. Because but... the the baby is just as much Jamie's as it is Cersei's. And it's not so like, much just about know, the baby; and... it's about Jamie himself. Like, Tyrion That's true. loves Jamie for better or for worse. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, and I there's part of me that comes back to the line that Jamie has in the tent when he's you know kind of going back on back and forth between whether or not it even makes sense for him to even try when Tyrion kind of sues for peace on behalf of the people of King's Landing and Jamie's kind of like ah nah fuck them um which is the he's he said this more or less like three or four times throughout the entire series um which is a difficult thing, especially for people that are fond of his, you know, air quotes, redemption arc. It's a difficult thing to justify against the fact that his whole persona, his whole moniker of Kingslayer is built on the fact that no one is aware that he saved the entirety of King's yeah, Landing. to ruin he his saved own name. everyone there. Like... Right. And so for him to ever act like whether or not... You know, they they don't know about it, so they can't, you know, be uh, grateful. So that's, you know, that's a completely different conversation. But for him, like when he jokingly says off, you know, fuck everyone else and everything, that doesn't matter. But this, yeah. (laughs) But like the idea that he would ever just be like totally fine with the idea of the entirety of King's Landing being burned because and him like having the opportunity again to save everyone and not taking it like that is one of his core features that makes him the character that he is. And the other one is almost diametrically opposed in that he loves Cersei more than anything in the world. 
that's where his conflict yeah, comes from. So for him, Cersei wouldn't hesitate to burn everyone alive. So like, right. <sighs> and for the most part, doesn't even really seem to love Jamie the same way anymore. Which makes it all the more devastating that he still yeah, loves her. I mean, like, I, I kind of can get behind Jamie for a while. I, I did. Like, I got behind him going back to Cersei because it's like, you know, she's his crack. Like, she's like a drug right. dame. Which, oh, which yeah, I he's get. 100% and, addicted to and her. And in the books, it's heavily foreshadowed that, you know, they're going to die together. Like, there's a passage in, mm-hmm. I think, uh, Feast for Crows where, um, Cersei is told like oh we think Jamie's dead and she's like no he's not dead because I'm still alive like he right. won't die until I'm dead or something like that like we died yeah, together like they yeah. came into this world that, so like that's why like even though I was hoping for either Jamie to kill her or for like Arya to wear Jamie's face and kill her like whatever but um I mean J- the fact that Jamie just suddenly was like I don't care about the city I'm like whoa no no, no, yeah. no, 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 you, you, you don't do that. Right, because I, Jamie leaving, so we didn't, we didn't get into a whole lot, and we really won't get into a whole lot here either, but Jamie leaving Brienne last episode to get back to Cersei, tracked. It, like, uh, say what you will, and a lot of people have, about how Brienne reacted to that, but ultimately Jamie leaving when he was basically told by Sansa very smugly, which tracks again as well, um, that she wishes she could be there to see when they execute Cersei, you know, of course that's going to trigger him. And of course he's going to be like, well, I got to get back. I got to do what I can. That all makes 100% sense. He, Jamie in the show, 100% loves Brienne. There's no doubt about it. That is a fact, but that does not mean that he also, won't leave her at the drop of a hat to go be with Cersei, particularly if he thinks that she's going to die. Like those two things can simultaneously be true. They're not, you know, mutually exclusive in any way whatsoever. Now, how do you feel about Brienne's reaction? I get, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but right. It's to me, Brienne for the first time. And I hated that they brought it up through Tyrion's stupid drinking game, (sighs) but You know, we were told, not that we couldn't have inferred this before, but we were told that Brienne had never been with anyone. And she had clearly loved Renly, but knew that it was nothing that would ever be a physical relationship at all. So that was probably easier for her to manage. And we saw how she reacted when Renly died. So that's not, that's, that you can, we have precedent for that to begin with. On top of that, she clearly loves Jamie in a more, you know, loving physical relationship type way so much so that they did actually consummate that uh and that was you know jamie's second woman probably ever and brianne's first person at all i I don't think jamie's had sex with anyone besides his sister right (laughs) which is such a weird thing to say out loud but yeah yes yeah it's yeah it's one of those things that you never actually thought 10 years later it's still um yes for sure um so brianne like finally it's kind of it's interesting how it uh it's kind of the flip side of the Arya and Gendry situation like Brienne opened herself up for the first time you know literally had a physical connection with someone for the first time was 
brought into this entirely new realm of emotion and feeling and then had it ripped away from her like within not even 24 hours like within 12 hours not even i think it was like, like later and, that night <laughs> like yeah and like she had just almost died like they were fighting fucking zombies and then she got laid and then you know she was like i totally love this dude and he totally loves me too but he's gonna leave me you know any rational sane person would react violently to that like they you know whether that be actually punching someone or weeping so i didn't think that it was out of character for her at all it was just a completely different side of her that we hadn't seen up to that point and it was unlocked by something that she had never experienced up to that point so i had no problem with it at all which that actually kind of reminds me of a point i was talking to uh, one of my friends about earlier um about like experiencing emotions for the first time is we're going to mm-hmm. jump ahead a bit um but gray worm oh yeah gray worm has like whenever uh, a couple of people have like talked about it like why is gray worm suddenly like going crazy and i'm like gray worm's never been allowed to be angry so he's never been allowed to feel yeah, so anything the, up yeah, to this like, point like he finally uh, was it last love. season? Yeah, and he finally was it last season or two seasons ago when he was talking about how he was ashamed that he was afraid, and not that he was afraid of dying, but he was afraid that he would never see yeah, Missy again. I think again. that was two seasons. I think that was season six. Um, so that went from being like a maybe platonic esque. You know, it's difficult to tell because she's one of the most gorgeous women in the history of time. Um, but something where it was like at least a protective love to like a legit actual love, you know, and this is from someone who wasn't ever allowed to feel anything at all. Like you could literally go and stab him in the chest and he would not flinch to now having his heart completely ripped out and exposed in front of him. And he has nowhere to channel any of that except for into his spear yeah, which also happens to be you know jamming <laughs> into a ton of yeah, dudes but like and the thing too is like i mean think about when when we're kids and we're we're angry for the first time like i mean i don't know some kids are angrier than others uh i work in the restaurant business so i've seen <laughs> but like <laughs> they uh, when when like it, you know you're not able to comprehend like just how angry you are like you need an outlet for that rage i mean you gotta figure mm-hmm. gray worms he never got to go through puberty he never got to go through any of this right. so and he's like in his 20s so now it's like he's for the first time in his life he's like fuck everything so right and, and i mean it's interesting how the two characters handle their grief in different ways because brianna's just as capable right. of uh killing a million dudes as gray worm Oh yeah, probably more so. Oh yeah, she probably could have. She if she wanted to, she probably could have killed Jamie right there in Are the yard. She, but, yeah, you know, she would have probably so... knocked him out with one hit. Right, Man is the best. But yeah, that's a, that's an interesting, uh, you know, kind of juxtaposition of those two. Um, and we'll definitely get to Gray Worm. Who? Uh, what, what's the what's the guy's name? It's uh, Raleigh Rodney something. It's definitely. I thought it was two R's. The guy that plays Gray Worm. Oh, I think it's like. Uh, jacob anderson is it jacob i'm anderson? pretty sure that's what maybe it is, maybe yeah. i'm thinking of his uh his hip-hop name yeah. 
probably. I think I've, I think I saw him on Twitter earlier saying uh, House Targaryen forever. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's yeah. got like a very plain like Jacob, but I think it's spelled a little differently the last name. But yeah, um, and I think he's. I'm I'm glad like a lot of people like him like now, even though I've been like, dude, he's the man from like season three. But oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's good we finally got some time with him. I don't think that time is going to be much longer. Very I true. Think, I think John's going to have to put him down. Yeah, I, I, the de- there's definitely going to be. Well, we'll get into our yeah. I don't our, want to spend too much uh, predictions towards but... the end, but yeah, I there, I think if there's going to be a throwdown between you know House Stark and House Targaryen, however you want to put that delineation in there. If it came to blows, it would be Grey Worm versus John, which could be an incredible fight. Um, but yeah, let's uh, circle back around to the conversation because it's like the last thing before we actually get to the battle proper. Um, John and Danny have one last chat, and essentially, you know, they kind of it's basically like a recap, like a real quick recap of everything. And basically what it comes down to is Danny saying that, you know, I can either, I can essentially rule through fear if I need to. And John's like, you know, because you're saying no one loves me here in Westeros, which, to be fair, has appeared to be true. She did help the North stay alive yeah, and, they didn't and not get overrun by the Night King. And it's really easy to just go, oh, well, Arya killed him. It's like, yeah, but there's a lot of factors that, that went into all yeah, of that. Yeah, I mean... So in that I blame a lot of on like Sansa and John, like they really should have. I mean, like I know it sounds childish, but like they really should have hyped the hell out of her like after the battle. Oh yeah, like before the battle with the drama, like okay, fine, whatever. Like they don't trust her. I get that. Um, and I even get like you know some of the high lords being like, all right, this lady's coming across the sea with an army of foreigners and dragons. Like what the hell, like. And, and I get there's, like, some fear about that and, mis- like, mistrust, but, I mean, she saved the world. Like, she helped save the world. Yeah. At great cost to herself. And, right. like, the fact that, you know, Sansa, for, she's like, oh, I see right through it. I'm like, dude, she still did all this for you. Like, play the, play the game right. that you're so good at and be like, you right. know, hey... And, like, hype her up, make her feel good, and then, hey, guess what? Maybe you'll get a free North out of it. Because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, now, after what she did her, to King's Landing... Her acting I mean, the, the way that she has definitely isn't gonna make it any more likely that the North would remain a free state. Yeah, not now. Uh, yeah, but I just think that the way... And I understand that they're just trying to make sure they have baked-in conflict, um, but the way that Sansa's been written this particular season was like, there was no chance that her and Danny were ever going to make it work. Like, I think they cemented it in the crypts when she and Tyrion were talking about, you know, how, you know, it would never work out between the two of them because, you know, his allegiances are divided and he would always, you know, side with the dragon queen. And then Missy's like, Oh yeah, fuck her. Right. She, all she's doing is making sure that we all stay alive. Cause we would totally be dead if she wasn't here. And then stomps off. And it's like, it's played for like a bit of levity inside of the fact that they're surrounded by death, literally surrounded by death. Uh, But it was so telling 
of the entirety of the Sansa Danny relationship. There's like the way it's written, there was never going to be any reconciliation at all. And like it would be even more ridiculous, I think, to expect Danny to capitulate in some way to Sansa. That doesn't make that wouldn't have made any sense to me at all. So it could only have come from Sansa, but the way that they structured it, it was just never going to happen. Which I don't just, know, like they it's like if if we could go into the show and talk to the characters and they're like, no, shut up. It's, right. But I mean, you know, what can we do? <laughs> Except yell yeah. on Twitter. Yes. Or on this wonderful podcast oh, yeah. uh, brought to you by, uh, I don't know, Unilever or something. Uh, we are Eat sponsored by Red Bull uh, Sugar Free, which is what I am yeah, doing right yeah. now. Because the sugar free tastes or, better uh, than the regular. Or uh, Coke from mexico specifically because they use real sugar yes i'm not drinking one but i have a bottle oh he's a coke from mexico it's like wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) definitely not that that would be an interest that would be interesting yes uh, is big i don't know how big in the cartel playlist yes i don't know how you get sponsored by cocaine directly uh but if there is a way please reach out uh we're we're all about getting that cia funding yeah, not worried about where it yeah. comes from or where it's going. Just uh, pay us. Um, but yeah, uh, Danny essentially says to John, you know, no one loves me here. And John's like, oh, I love you. I love you. And it's like, all right, we, we get it, John. We get it. Who has been essentially just a cardboard cutout of Kit Harrington being moved from scene to scene this <laughs> yeah. entire season, which is a huge <laughs> he's bummer. He's like, you're my queen. Um, you're my queen, which I think is right. more like a mantra now than anything else. Like he's yes. just telling him. I think it's that. what he's doing to make himself forget that he has slept with his aunt. Um, which she presses and it's just like, Is that all I am? And they try and have a smooch and the smooch doesn't really work, and then she goes, Okay, fear then and it's just like just in case you guys weren't sure, Danny is different and we're about to see how different she is because this is what it leads right to the battle scene. And I gotta tell you, man. It's another one of those ten one hundred things. Like in previous seasons, I don't even know the dude's name, so you're gonna have to tell me what's the who's the main dude for the gold oh, company? Um, Harry Strickland. Yeah. Okay, because I think it's part of it is that it sounds like a regular name, so I can never really remember it. <laughs> yeah, you've got but G- Daenerys and Bran, and you've got Sansa, Arya, Sandor, Gregor, and Harry. Harry Strickland. <laughs> It sounds like he's got a fucking used auto parts store, no, but whatever. He's, he's um, uh, the great grandfather of Strickland Propane from King of the Hill. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's right. That's one hundred percent it. Um, there's there's something there with fire and everything. Well, Hill is a bastard uh, made in uh in the West. Oh my oh. God, Hank Hill is a bastard. How about huh. that? We need that meme. All right, we need that yeah. meme right now. Right, we gotta put this. Um, All right, anyway. Uh, but yeah, in past seasons, we would have known all about him. We probably would have seen him slept with someone. Uh, it would have been a huge thing. But uh, they essentially, like, and shout outs again to the Dothraki, like the 12 that survived and showed up. Good for them. Um, it's nice when, you know, an entire race of people isn't wiped oh, out. Yeah. Um, but the gold company 100% got Dothraki. Yeah. It was fantastic and it was one of those things where it's like clearly because we have no idea who this guy is or anything about him uh they're going to get burned immediately and again i saw something that i thought was pretty funny it was like uh patch notes for episode five um like you know that the scorpions got nerfed 
the dragons have stealth and improved armor and speed and all sorts of stuff <laughs> like that because this and again this is a this isn't one of those things that we don't want to get too deep into but there was this idea of show functionality that when Danny came across the ocean at the end of season six that there is no way that any force on earth could have ever stood up to her and it was this idea that she was going to need to have her power taken away you know little by little you know so we've lost two dragons we've lost some of the unsullied we lost some of the dothraki and so on and so on uh to make it a little bit more evened out and just imagine the 150,000 percent carnage that would have taken place if three dragons had descended on King's Landing, because I know Drogon is a beast. I know that he is the man, but holy shit! Yeah, the thing is, I think um, it's maybe it's like contrived or whatever. Like maybe it's just me projecting like my own thoughts, but maybe it's not so much that everything got nerfed as Daenerys being paranoid and mad, ugh, um, like made her. M- like a better like maybe her like rage controlling the dragon made it like True. stronger like or just i like more that agile idea. or mm-hmm. something like uh, like well like an adrenaline rush and i i do think that i mean it was a little bit telegraphed i knew that when they were flying to dragonstone that something was going to happen i figured they would actually had set up in dragonstone it would be shooting from there um so the whole thing with them shooting from the ships and stuff like that was a surprise to me but like ultimately the end part of it wasn't but the idea that Euron again the most bullshit of bullshitters was able to somehow like get three scorpion bolts into the air and hit a dragon that was flying from like two miles away and completely tear him up was unrealistic to begin with so the fact that they kind of like you know did the other side of that coin it was just like oh yeah well this is what would have actually happened yeah because like there's uh, no way that like yeah yeah not not a shot that he would have been able to kill Rhaegal that way and that was also another cool shot when she was coming out of the sky oh, yeah. and like they a, did that kind of like uh bomb. point of view shot from euron's ship of her basically strafing back and forth across the bay burning all of the ships yeah, and like that was a really, when, really cool when, shot. When uh, Drogon like flew down, it kind of reminded me of uh, we've never seen it, but in the show, but like the destruction of Harrenhal, where Aegon flew right. all the way to the top of the tower. That's and just the move. Flew inside of it and burned everything. Fly straight down at the thing that you're wanting yeah, to shoot. And um, like it was cool, like seeing him like coming like from like the sun and like his like black wings. Oh, yeah. and it looked kind of like a sword, like just like flying down. Mm-hmm. It was fucking cool <laughs> and well and it, it like you know this is probably who knows what they're going to do with the spinoffs and everything but this is probably as close we're, as we're going to get to seeing like Balerion. um but this idea of this larger than life creature just descending like essentially just like death out of the sky and just sapping hope from every person that is trying to kill it was really really incredible to see and you know she takes out the entire fleet and we don't see Euron die. So it's one of those, we don't see him die. He might still be alive type thing. So we'll get to that in a minute, but then she circles around and basically wipes out 
every single one of the additional scorpions that are all around the ramparts and whatnot and then toasts the golden company in like one sweep and then the rest of the army just comes in and just finishes all of those fuckers off and it's just like it's the type of thing that we've been kind of promised would happen essentially since danny set foot in westeros it's just like once she decides to do this it's over there's no chance like this could have happened at the very beginning of season seven if they had wanted it to like that and it and it, i understand that they paced it out and everything and i think there's a an interesting case to be made from swapping uh when this stuff happened versus when the night king stuff happened uh, i know they 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 made it what happened the way that it did but you know i think you know flipping it around might have worked a little bit better narratively but just the wholesale immediate destruction of all of the defensive forces that King's Landing had really shows that it was never there was never going to end any different way than this. Yeah, like um, I I um I wish they had not completely destroyed King's Landing though. Yes, like I I I don't know. I was one of those people that had thought like oh. The, the Night King will do it, but I was wrong. <laughs> but what right. I would have rather have happened, though, because, I mean, I, I do want to talk about the destruction of the city because there's a lot to be said. But I, I really, like, wish if I had been doing the script in whatever imaginary world that would happen. Script doctor. Yeah, like if I could get my PhD in fixing the show. Um, no, I would have had it so that, you know, Daenerys doesn't go after the city. She takes out the Golden Company in one fell swoop, whatever. That's cool. I'm like, I want it. Give it to me. Burn the Iron Fleet. I wish the Iron Fleet had been destroyed with both Drogon and Yara Greyjoy, but whatever. Um, can only, you know, get so much. But I wish, like, Daenerys, like, kind of had some restraint. And then... Like, when the bells tolled, one, I saw, like, a really cool theory, or a guess, by um, Sean, who's, like, on the History of Westeros podcast, and he had um, thought, like, oh, the bells are rigged with wildfire, which would have been fucking cool. Oh, that yeah. would have been rad. But, yeah, for what sure. I would have liked is for her to not burn down the whole city, but to instead attack it, and then hold back, and then, like during that attack, all the wildfire caches under the city blow up. Right. In that way, like, she didn't mean to destroy the city, but she still did. And I think that would have made her, like, arc much more tragic than what it's become now. Right, and it still delivers the same tension that they're generating out of what she ended up doing, uh, because it's all about perception. So... You know, whether or not she literally lit the entire city on fire, the city is on fire directly because of her actions. And And they spend a lot of time, uh, particularly after they break through the gates, which, again, you want to talk about a really fucking cool shot. Like, the fire, like, just the amount of power and pressure and heat that would have needed to happen for bricks and shit to explode forward just from fire alone is uh man yeah, it's just like, an incredible incredible, incredible i mean I, I guess like no one in the golden company can look in the sky when they're told they have like 
an right. aerial reptile <laughs> of fire and death coming to them. But, um, I mean, like, whatever. It, it was cool. Um, I really loved uh, watching Harry in slow motion get fucking mowed down. Like, that yeah. was just fun. Um, you know, and the thing, here's the thing that's kind of bugging me, and this is more of, like, the fandom. Last mm-hmm. week, almost all the people in the fandom, after our baby angel, Masende, was killed, were like, hell yeah, oh, Drakaris, rip. burn everything down. And now they're like, oh wait, yep. should she have done that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god. Like, no, you people don't know what you want. One. Right. Two, um, the Westeros is way bigger than King's Landing and Winterfell, and I don't think the show right. points that out enough. Yes, there's a million people in the city. Uh, they, they say that. But there are tens of thousands of people in Old Town and Gulltown and Lannisport and Maidenpool. There's all these giant, sprawling cities throughout the... Uh, it is seven fucking yeah, kingdoms. and we only know King's Landing and Winterfell. And Winterfell doesn't have that right. many people to begin with, even when it's, like, winter. Very true. Especially not yeah. now. <laughs> They're, like, even the un- the army of the dead probably wouldn't have been that big, because, like, okay, like, right. yeah, you got the dead people, but there's, like, 20 people in Winterfell, so whatever. But right. anyway. And, you know, ultimately, and we're, we'll get to the ramifications of all this, but, like, yeah... Every war that's ever happened, innocent people have died. That's not new. You add a dragon into that, there's definitely going to be more of that. What I think ultimately is the part that people are struggling with, which I I don't think is invalid in any way, and I think that we probably both agree is troublesome, is just the not only the nature of how it happened, and how quickly it happened but the total lack of humanity present while it was happening and i don't know if i was had said this to you yet but i've definitely said this to a few other people when we before we see danny take off her eyes are red her nostrils are flared she's baring her teeth and she you know kicks off and goes toward this is after the bells have rung this is essentially when you know it's like game over and she takes off towards the red keep and we never see her face again she essentially becomes drogon she is the dragon like that is she's completely you know it it kind of actually builds more credence to your idea that she is as in tomb with drogon as she has been like throughout the battle because when she fully gives into that rage we never see her again all we see is you know drogon blasting flame everywhere yeah and for the record like not really for the record but i didn't realize (laughs) how giant drogon was until we saw him from far away yeah i was like damn he's huge he's huge he's eating well that drogon a lot of golden company but um (laughs) right like i think i know some people i think particularly on twitter were mad that we didn't see danny's face during all of that but, you know, I kind of, I, I, I was fine with it. I took it as... It made yeah, sense. One, the tracking shots of Drogon and her flying on him were impressive, I think, for the first time ever to begin with. Because, right. I mean, it, it's not the show's fault, really, or it, it's not anyone's fault. But it's really hard to make someone riding a dragon or, like, a magical creature not look like a cheesy Disney movie. 
you, you can't right. like it it's just impossible to do that it's tough um and the show is guilty of it like whatever but i think it, it kind of worked for the first time this episode which you know kind of kind of close to the end but whatever um but like I, i'm fine with like having drogon be like this avatar of daenerys's like destructive like rage i'm cool with that um right. the only thing is i don't know i i want to ask you why do you think she decided to burn everyone with when the bells rang because the showrunners on um, like when they were being interviewed they said oh i don't think uh i think it was a spontaneous decision what do you mean you think you wrote it <laughs> right if there's one person who would know whether it was or not it would yeah, be y'all. like you Come people on. wrote and the character. You wrote the scene. You should know if, like, I don't know. This is me as a writer. And this is one of like, this yeah. is one of those things that I, I kind of see as it being impossible to divorce what's happening on screen from what's happening outside, because. There has always been this idea of the subversion of a traditional fantasy narrative that has been ever-present in the books especially and the adaptation of everything so far. So, you know, clearly they were not expecting a fairy tale ending because, you know, if you if, if you have to quote Ramsey Bolton to understand how this <laughs> show works, you're doing the you're doing the you're doing it right because he's like if you think there's going to be a happy ending you're not paying attention it's just like to get the kind of plot summary from the most despicable human on the show shows that that is the way that this all works yeah like but there's something to be said about how it's handled so yeah danny becoming you know the air quotes mad queen deciding to do all this is something that you would never expect but does it fit for the character that we have now so if you're looking at the motivating factors for her right she lost Regal, she lost missy uh she is clearly not going to receive any of the love that she expects that she's used to from definitely an essos uh, from any of these Westerosi people. I'm sure she thinks that they do not appreciate that she saved all of their asses at all. Uh, and on top of all of that, her closest advisors have fucked her over at almost every single turn. And her cute boyfriend is actually her nephew <laughs> who has a better, uh, <laughs> a better claim to the throne than she does, you know, in a traditional sense. And, you know, if you want to just make it as cut and dry as possible, she is a woman and he is a man. And Varys made that very clear in the last episode, which was outside of his character, but nonetheless was 100% valid. I disagree. And so I don't think it was that valid. You think so? When All right. When Varys is like, oh, you know, the lords of Westeros aren't going to rally behind a woman. I'm like, but Yar... Did he did he yeah, say that he though, or like, did he say well, that? You know, John, did he say John's that? claim would be better because he pretty much says like because he has a dick, and like. Well, and he, yeah, he says, and he's a man. I, I don't. Th- did he say specifically though that they wouldn't rally around her because he's a woman? I thought it was or because she's yeah. a woman. Uh, <laughs> John. Because I thought, yeah, that would be that'd that be would a, take the show to a whole other level. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought it was less that 
she was a woman and more that he was a man. Yeah, but I think because he is the, he is a man that sort of implies that because she is a woman, she is not going to be true. Like as popular or un- or she's not as likable. She's Elizabeth Warren <laughs> with fire. <laughs> but um Warren 2020, I guess. But um Warren, please sponsor us if you can. <laughs> um but no, like <laughs> He he had said something along those lines though, like, you know, they're not gonna they're gonna be more eager to rally behind a guy like John and you know, that bothered me because one, you know, patriarchy, whatever. Oh, it's it's one hundred percent bothersome. Yeah. But two Yeah, I don't I don't the, the show isn't right. very good at writing women. And I'm gonna get to that. It's not. Yeah, and and then that's I that's why within the show world it was valid because that's how they treat yeah. women like even they, the, even they have in a essos queen. it was like literally yeah. Cersei is and, the queen. but but she and but she has been written as the scourge of the entire show from the beginning so her ascending the throne was even something that was so terrifying to the only person that has ever loved her unconditionally that he could barely even get words out i mean that shot of him of Jamie coming into the throne room as Cersei was getting the crown put on her head was like abject terror. Yeah. And it makes sense clearly because that's who Cersei is and all that, but it definitely shows a level of disdain uh, for women in power. And a lot, you know, a lot of it has been kind of devolved into infighting and being catty and a bunch of nonsense, which is ridiculous considering that, yes, Danny for the entirety of the show has been a conqueror has been an invader and all this stuff but ultimately has done a lot more good than evil uh this episode excluded yeah which Um, i don't like i just don't get what i wanted to say earlier that was like i think the people of westeros will back a woman they backed yara Greyjoy. They they would definitely back sansa in the north if she was like hey by the way john doesn't there's no male claim to Winterfell, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, Varys said it himself. Tyrion's echoed it. Power lies where men, or power resides where men believe it does. So, I mean, shit. Is there anything more powerful than Daenerys right now? No, but like, I don't know. I think, I think I'm okay with the destination. I'm not okay with the journey this season. Oh yeah, like I'm okay with or her the blowing speed. up the the uh, the city, whatever. I'm okay with her going crazy, because I mean there are seeds planted. I guess like even early sure. on when they're like, oh, in season one when she was calm when her brother died. Like, no, let's mm-hmm. let's not pretend the show is that subtle. But right. let's like start with fire and blood and make your way forward yeah. from there. I mean, let's be real. But like. There was a scene last season, the the coffee cup scene, where <laughs> where Daenerys was like looking at John being celebrated and embraced, which, which by the way was a bullshit scene that I'm pretty mad about because Tormund, who I love, he was like, oh John's the first guy to ride a dragon, and I'm like, dude, she's right there, but right. she was looking at him being embraced and loved by all these people, and she was excluded, and that reminded me of uh, Viserys. Her brother back in season one, before he died in the uh, Dothraki tent, 
when everyone right. was like cheering on Daenerys for eating the heart and becoming part of the tribe. And he was just kind of like, fuck this. Like, he was, like, all mis- miserable and angry. Well, he says as much to her, right? It's like, they- they'll never look at me the way they yeah. look at you. It, but I think before that... Is that... is that Did Danny say those exact same words to John? Yeah, something like that. And then... It was really close, yeah, for sure. I have to rewatch huh. that scene to... But, I mean, that would be kind of clever if that's what it was. She also dresses a lot like her brother now, too. That's true. Like, with with the all black. and um, I mean, they finally wow. brought out some color the past season, but which I don't think gets enough credit. The costume design is on point. Oh, yeah. Absolutely incredible. Um, but, I mean... Like, I, you know, even to this morning, I was still having heart palpitations from the uh 45 minutes of dragon fire on the uh unsuspecting populace of king's landing like uh, you know taking taking the merit of it taking how it moves the story forward how it fits you know a characterization versus not uh it was brutal dude it was it was rough and i mean we've had some very gory very gruesome scenes in this show um you know like i even the battle of winterfell just recently was was pretty gnarly um but i always kind of i always kind of think of the scene with john you know in the pile of bodies from the yeah, battle of the bastards like, um... and it's just like you know this is fucking war this is what it would you know when people were actually fighting with short swords and shields and shit like you know this is probably more or less what it looked like and seeing that kind of ratcheted up to like drone strike levels yeah, it, it wasn't uh, so much a battle though it was i think you you'd said it too it was mass- a fucking massacre it's it was like it was it was one of those things where it's like i know that i'm watching a tv show and i know that this is entertainment and i know that like these people aren't really dying or anything like no, that it was tough to watch but it was oh yeah it was it was very very difficult and again like it lead, lending a little bit more credence to that idea of her losing herself into the dragon. Like we never saw, like we were never seeing her taking inventory of what was happening. The only people that we were seeing are the people that were either, uh, being flambéed, uh, trying to continue to fight this battle, which was funny to see, like not only, you know, the Dothraki, but like the people, the men of the North, I mean, like, you know, kind of going into rape and pillage mode, um, so much so that John had to literally kill a man to keep him from, you know, raping yeah, someone. That, that reminded me of, like, uh, season two when um, the people were riding and uh, Sansa almost got raped and, and Sandor came in yep. and saved the day. Correct. But I don't know if they meant it's for a, that. 100%. Because um, I don't really think there are any it's... John and Sandor parallels, but whatever. Not that I'm <laughs> right. aware of, really. I think they're I think they're close to the same height, but uh, ultimately, there's not they don't have a lot of similarities beyond that. Um, yeah, it was just it was just wild, and I mean, like the the beginning part of this because the back end is 100 percent an entirely Arya based situation, but the front end of it is really John and Grey Worm, and like you mentioned before, Grey Worm, particularly after Danny takes the city and starts torching everything, uh, loses himself into abject fury. And John 
is not about it, you know, and he tries to pull his forces back. He tries to keep his men fighting, but ultimately, you know, the chaos that breaks out is so intense that he has no choice but to fight. Uh, and just seeing him so resigned, so yeah, just, he knocked it out of the park with that. Like just, just, and that was the thing. It's like a lot of people, you know, and his, his performances, whether it be the writing or just like the, the nature of the show have been a little wooden up to this point, but like his ability to show his disgust for what it was that he was having to do to stay alive in this episode. Yeah, like you could tell he some was of, saying like, I'm really sorry for every guy he killed. Yes. <laughs> like he didn't want to It's like be killing there. people so, <laughs> so easily and so nonchalantly, but with no vigor, like no, like this was not what he wanted to do. This is not where he wanted to be. And ultimately when he does pull back and there is that, that, that exchange of glances between him and Grey Worm was so loaded and, you know, it's something that is definitely going to be referenced probably before this next episode to kind of lean into this is why they're going to fight. Yeah, Grey, but, Grey Worm is wow. like, all right, yeah, try something. Like, Yeah, it's just wild. And, you know, we we have all this and, you know, like we're seeing so many of these scenes of just regular women and children uh, just running around trying to just stay alive and you know throughout all of this jamie had been trying to find a way to get to cersei but you know it's it's not really working the normal route so he takes Tyrion's plan for him and cersei to get out through like the dragon tunnels um and does it in reverse he's like i'm gonna go to that spot on the beach that Tyrion told me about and try to get back up in there from that and who does he run into the fucking guy who has literally been like the <sighs> Deus Ex Machina for the entire like last season and a half, but fucking Euron Greyjoy. Which I I think I hate Euron more than I hated what they did with Daenerys because like Euron fucking sucks. Like yes, oh my god! Like I just it was a thing on TV that I was watching and I was like, all right, and then. Like, I'll I'll give them this, like, Jamie wheezing, like, after getting, like, that was, like, ooh. Like, yeah. that, that was, like, brutal and raw and, like, it wasn't, like, a flashy, fun sword fight. Like, that was, like, all out. But, <sighs> fucking, like, you're on, like, laughing, like, I'm the guy that killed Jamie. And, like, no, you didn't. He's walking away. <laughs> right. You are dying. If you die before him, you didn't yeah, kill and... him. It's like saying, like, oh, you know, old age killed Jamie Lancer. It's like, yeah, of course. He's going to die eventually. Everyone dies yeah, eventually. But also, but... like, no, what's I... his vendetta against Jamie anyway? Why does he care? Well, so I, I really, I thought, I thought of something just, you know, because this Euron, this creation of Euron for the show is, is almost wholesale a new character. You know, like, he has the name and the bloodline, but besides that, it's really, there's not a whole lot else going on. Yeah, I, I can uh, separate wise. book and show Euron, no problem. But, like, I just don't understand I, the point of this character to begin with. Well, well, let me let me run this by and let okay. me see what you think, because it's, it's definitely something that I've only been thinking about since we started <laughs> this podcast. Um, but he really seems almost obsessed with Jamie. In particular, 
So I, I think about the scene that he had when he talks about Jamie coming with, uh, I think with Ned and whoever that went to the Iron Islands to kind of, you know, bring them to heel and how they, you know, he was saying that uh, Jamie slaughtering all of his, uh, you know, all of his bannermen and everything was the most beautiful thing that he had ever seen. So I, I like this idea that he's been kind of obsessed with Jamie in a way since that time and yeah he went off and did all of his pirating and you know traveled around the world and obviously came back and you know you know won the king's moot and all that stuff but ultimately he's like been obsessed with jamie wants to live where jamie lives wants to sleep with the person that jamie's sleeping with wants to be the king of jamie's queen and ultimately uh like you know fucking the guy who shot john lennon i was just like oh the ultimate way I can, you know, be a fan of this dude is to kill him. What? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that's what they did at all, but I do like it as a working theory of him being like this sociopathic fanboy of Jamie Lannister. Yeah, but like, he's got a lot of animosity towards Jamie too, though. Like, well, you know. Love and I hate guess, are really close to each like, other. Oh, just a queen like fingers in her bum, and I'm like, all right, friend. yeah. That that annoys me. He says bum a lot. By the yeah. way, I think like I was like rewatching. I think he said it like eight times, and I was like, do they say oh, bum in West? Like, did they ever say bum in Westeros? I know they say arse. He must have picked it up from from his maybe, travels. Yeah, or something. maybe somewhere in like old Valeria in the ruins. <laughs> it was like. Lord Draxus bum, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I just, I hate him so much. I thought, I yeah. was glad when he got stabbed, but, like, that wasn't a satisfying enough death for me anyway. Like, I... Yeah, uh, he's he's definitely one I would have loved to see uh, beheaded. I don't know if uh, Jamie had enough strength in his, especially after being stabbed twice, uh, in his left hand to, uh, you know, chop his head off or anything like that, but... Yeah, and I mean, we talked about some unsatisfying deaths. We can get into that here in a second. Um, but, you know, that happens. We kind of cut back to uh, Kyburn coming up <laughs> to Cersei and saying, yo, it's not, like, safe, so maybe we should get out of here. And Cersei's like, finally, like, she relents. Yeah, and but not before. A, a shot. She doesn't say this before she says the one thing that I think upset me more than anything in the show. <sighs> <sighs> The Red Keep has never fallen. Like, what the fuck? Are you? Are we in the same show? The whole point of right. the whole point, the whole reason she's there is because her father captured the Red Keep. Okay, right. like, and throughout the entire history of like since the construction of the Aegon Fort, which became whatever. I'll get into show lore, book lore, whatever. But it's fallen a lot. <laughs> So she doesn't yeah. know history. She doesn't know her own history, apparently. She's like, oh, no one can take the Red Keep. Like, okay, your dad did. And Daenerys has a dragon. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, she's big on that history is what we make it. I, yeah, thing. I guess. You know, I remember I her saying that to Joffrey. So it's just like, oh, if I say it, but... it's true. Whatever. But yeah, we cut from that to Arya and the Hound have finally made it into that cool, like, map room. Uh, from I think season six. Yeah, and um, did you notice how Sando was like looking around and he was probably like, "Shit, I don't recognize this." Yeah, that's funny. I hadn't even thought about that. That's yeah, because like they they were like, there. "This is way, this is way different." They did some remodeling in here, 
I'm not sure if is this the antechamber? I have what okay. But, you know, there's this moment because this, you know, the the castle's starting to fall down around them. And, you know, Arya is still one hundred percent gung ho. She's like, I'm killing Cersei. Like, I didn't ride all the way here to not kill Cersei. And then but the hound's like, Listen, Holmes, I'm gonna be straight with you. Like, I know we talked about we're not coming back from this. I know that we talked about like you know, this being the end for us and everything like, but for real, for real, I am probably going to die. And if you come with me, you will probably also die. Are you about that life right now? And it's interesting because, you know, basically everything from the end of season six to now would lead you to believe Arya's going to go. Yeah, that's cool. I do my one thing. I get that done. If I live cool, if I die whatever but there's a real moment between them and it's funny because like the we've had a lot of father stand-ins for Arya throughout the series and the most reluctant of them has always been the hound and there's clearly not anyone of all of these different father figures that she's hated more than the hound but she literally called him the worst shit in the seven kingdoms (laughs) yeah and, I mean, besides Ned, probably, if there's one of these people that she actually had legitimate feelings for, you know, it came across in the uh, game of faces that she was having with the waif, where she's just like, oh, she hated him or whatever. And she slapped him. She's like, I do hate him. And she slapped him again. It's like, the the emotions that are happening between Arya and the Hound are incredibly complex. And it's one of the best written uh, duos in the show. And he breaks through to her and she, you see, and again, you know, the women in this episode were fantastic. Amelia, fantastic. Maisie, fantastic. Lena. Fantastic. Yeah, I'll get to Lena and, in a bit. You know, it com- um, and it comes back to your favorite thing to talk about, the facial work in the emotions. But seeing Arya go from being that furrowed, browed, dead-eyed assassin to being like, yo, I, I, I think I actually don't want to die today. And over the course of like 15 seconds was incredible to see. And I know a lot of people are like, they they definitely, it's kind of echoes the, you know, Brienne kind of losing it. Uh, Arya apparently like not being up for it anymore. Um, there's like having trouble reconciling those things. It's just like, she can just like, she, she's not on a suicide run guys. Like, She's she has a job that she wants I, to do. I wanted to get your, but if your you thought think... on that because uh, no, because like I, I had a couple one of my one of, couple, one of my friends like a couple of people online like that I was reading, you know they were like, you know she's been training for this her whole life whatever like or you know her whole journey has been about this and now she's right. going to turn away because Xandor Clegane said like hey don't do it and I was like well yeah. She's going to listen to him this one time. Think about it. Right. This is a guy who was was driven by hate so much that he he died technically. Like, like mm-hmm. in the you know in the books, there's that quote like the Hound is dead, Sandor Clegane is at rest, and you know the idea that he's gonna come back anyway. So and he tried like living on a farm and you know whatever. Like he tried to right. be a good person, but that hate for his brother still drove him. And I think she realizes here, like, his whole life is about hate. He's going to die because he has nothing else. 
And I think, right. you know, here Ari is like realizing, and I don't know, maybe I'm just putting blinders on because I adore Arya and the Hound with all my heart. Um, and maybe I'm making up justifications, but, you know, like when he tells her, like, you don't want to end up like me. Like, it's not the first time he's told her, like, I'm a shitty person, but this is the first right. time, like, she's really realized, like, she has things to live for. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, the only thing he and has to com- live for like, is her, but... Right. And I think that for the first time, and it's one of those things where, like, you get a sense of clarity at the end of things. I think for the first time, she's... Not only is she seeing what he's trying to say to her... But there is no pretense in him at all. Like, a lot of times when he's saying, like, you don't want to end up like me, you don't want to be like me, look what I'm like, so on and so on. Um, It's usually kind of, like, not joking, because the Hound doesn't really tell jokes, but he is, you know, a comedic character, like, in a very macabre. Yeah, like, it's, it's like a dry humor, like, like, he's like, yeah, I'm a, I drink like, a lot and I kill people, like it's not a fun life but that that is not present in this conversation at all and i think that it takes on a brand new meaning for aria when she hears it from him like this because it's just like shit like all those times he's told me this before in one way shape or form he's meant it yeah and like i gotta get out of here because this is my life if i continue to go on if i live after trying to do this what do I have yeah, left? And I mean, she's got Sansa, she's got Bran, she's got John, like, you know, she's got things to live for. And I think, I mean, I think if like before they had ridden down to King's Landing, you know, if, if Sandor tried to say like you're not coming, she would not have listened. You know, like, yeah. and I think it took you know being there at the last minute for her to realize like, okay, yeah, this is serious. And I think. I think it's kind of like a nice little parallel to us seeing the actual destruction of King's Landing and being like, oh, wow, like, these kids are dying. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to be far removed from, like, a topic or, like, you know, a subject matter and to just kind of be like, oh, like, if I were in that situation, like, whatever. But when you're actually there, it's a totally different thing. And I think for the first time, like... Arya's life has always kind of been in danger, like, but not at this level. Like, yeah, she was almost killed a bunch of times by, like, assassins and whatnot, but I I think here she realizes, like, okay, one, I'm going to die, and two, is the queen worth me dying? Especially considering that she's probably going to die anyway. Yeah. Which, like, ultimately, that that part of her goal, whether it's her actual goal or not, uh, it's it's going to be fulfilled. And it's interesting that people frame Arya's training, you know, whether it be like you know a legit, you know, training or just like a series of events that have created the person that she is now. Um, she was not doing all of this specifically to kill cersei cersei was another name on her list the only one really remaining yeah she was doing but it to kill she wanted a bunch to of people. be able to like yeah and she wanted to be able to not only do that but she wanted to do that to avenge her family and then once she found out that her family was still around protect them. yeah because like this wasn't oh sorry 
No, it's okay. I was just gonna say it wasn't like a like this, you know, selfish assassin thing where she's just like, I'm out to get mine and mine. Yeah, is like she's people. not John Wick. I don't think that was <laughs> it at all. Like yeah. she has, you know, like other pups to care about. <laughs> but like right. if if she didn't have Sansa or Bran or John or, you know, like any of those people, like, okay, you know, it it'd be a suicide mission, fine. But I mean Right. You know, I think being back in Winterfell with her family, she kind of realized, like, oh, shit, like, they're tough people, but they can't defend themselves. Bran, you you can tip (laughs) him over. He's done. (laughs) Like, like, Arya's the muscle of that family. Yes. I I think, ultimately, from her perspective, they would never be safe. And, you know, she's kind of middle ground on Daenerys like you know she understands her worth and appreciates what she's done but she also doesn't trust her but ultimately she knows that until Cersei is dead they will never be safe yeah and I so would, I would have she, liked and she to see, knows that she has the I'm sorry I, I just I would have liked to seen with just Arya and Jon talking about her right because like they're they're there's a lot of Stark, you know, the the last last episode being the last of the Starks. There should have been a lot more Stark conversation. Um, it was it was kind of a bummer. For I mean, they, to happen, yeah, they, that, they that dropped the, the reveal without us seeing their reactions, and yes. I was like, "What the? F- well, you but don't do that." That that is the past, and we're I know. Here so now, let's so yeah, whatever. whatever. But uh, but yeah, so Arya pieces out, and we get the. The Hound, who she refers to as Sandor, which I believe is the first time anyone's ever called him no, that. Has I, he I always think, been the Hound or Clegane? Has, yeah, he's been called either Hound or Clegane. Um, I think Beric has called him Sandor, but I could be wrong. But right. I think he only but started definitely... calling him that after um, like he sort of looked into the fires and realized like the dead right. were coming. Um, right. And I think he even says it in, like, episode two, like, oh, Sandor Clegane has been reborn in the Lord of Light. And, you know, that was when he was like, I'm going to throw you over the fucking right. balcony. Like, right. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think Sansa called him Sandor, too. But, like, for the most part, you know, it just felt different the way Arya said yeah. that to him. And right. it was, oh, man, that that was good. It, it was real. It was real Sir Jamie. You know, Brienne and, you know, where she finally called him Sir Jamie. I've been killing him Kingslayer the entire time. Um, that was, that was yeah, big. Like, uh, but just yeah. Just the fact that then she said we... thank you too. Like the way she said that, I was like, oh man. Yeah. They did a good job. Great. I love her. And then of course, that leads directly into Clegane Bowl. And, yeah, what are your uh, thoughts? I want to know your, your, specifically your okay. thoughts <laughs> on this because this is this, a we get a super cool ass shot. Um, yeah, I sent you that after that recap of um, yeah, like, so Sandor good. Looking and it's after after um, you know, about half, maybe three quarters of the the Queen's Guard gets uh, destroyed by pillars and stuff. Uh, because like when he was walking up, I'm like, he it actually would have been good if he had Arya because I know that he can take on a lot of dudes before he gets to his brother, but. That's a lot of dudes, but then like more than half of them got killed by pillars and stuff. And I was like, all right, that makes sense. And then those three idiots are like, oh, we can take yeah. him and then get destroyed. <laughs> yeah, he just cuts them down immediately. 
And I don't think the <laughs> Hound is so much a good fighter, though. He's, he's just, just he's big. just strong. Yeah, like he's big and he hacks. He's a huge and... dude. What 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 does he say? He's uh he's strong. He's big and he's hard to kill or something like that. Like a something something along those lines. But he definitely proved that shit. And then the t- probably the two two of the funniest moments in show history. Uh, particularly considering that they were probably not intended to be funny at all, happen in rapid succession. So the mountain, Franken mountain, whatever you want to call him, is like, all right, it's go time. And Cersei's like, yo, dude, you got to stick with me. And the mountain takes a few more steps. And then Kyburn's like, hold on a second, buddy. We got to, and then just gets, <laughs> just destroyed. It, it kind of reminded like, gets, me of like when the, when, Sandor, when he was the hound, said "fuck the king," and then the mountain yes. is like "fuck the queen." Yes, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like that. It, it just Kyburn having been surprisingly more important to the show than I think a lot of people would have expected. I when they fucking love Kyburn in a weird way. He's, he's great. He's a morbid, horrifying character who they don't yeah. talk about him enough in the show to talk about just how fucked up he is. Like, he's right. a torturer. Like, he keeps women, oh, yeah. like, locked in his, like, basement, and he tortures them for experiments and fun. Um, And he made an undead monster. He got killed. But... He got really fucking yeah. killed. Like, super fucking hysterical. killed. And then, you know, Cersei is like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna. Yeah, like, the way she, like, stepped around. by you guys here. Just let me, you know, excuse me, pardon me, you know, come through. And just, it was so fantastic to see her walk by the hound and have him not look at her at all. He's just like, I don't care about you. I'm here for one thing and one yeah, thing alone. Yeah, which is kind of like a nice was like, little, I don't want to say nice, but it is kind of interesting <laughs> how like even in death, like both both these characters, Sandor and Gregor, I mean, technically, Sandor didn't die, die, but they both right. had, like, a second chance at life, and they're both driven by this hate for each other, even after that. Oh, yeah. Like, ultimately, this is, like, and it was what, you know, the Hound said when they brought the the White to King's Landing. It's just, and when he saw his brother, he was like, you know, there's only one way that this is going to end. And, like, this is it. You know, this is the driving force. It was always going to end with the two of them in one way. And, man, they had him go full-on Terminator. Like, oh, man. It was just, like, seeing him get hacked up, seeing his armor fall off, getting a sword entirely through the chest, having his helmet pop off, and he looked almost robotic. Yeah, he it looked was... like Vader from, like, Star Wars, from uh, yeah. Empire. It's Return of fucking, the Jedi. fucking crazy. Yeah super crazy and you know i was oh man when he when he dug his fingers into his no, eyes I yeah i, I, was I like, had like a mini shriek i was like no no not again this can't be how no, it ends but Please I, I i figured i i kind of figured like sandor either sandor would kill him or they would both die i figured they right. would both die um and i'm glad it you know i was not disappointed by it i know I think some people might have been expecting, like, something more grand than just, like, two dudes fighting in a staircase that was crumbling. 
Right. I, I kind of liked that. I, I liked how they didn't have like this like open area where they could dance around and like it was right. like, tight and confined and uh, just, you know, I mean, we, you see like the fire going on and like you could figure like, oh, he's going to kill him with fire. Like, right. But oh, man, like in just a shot of them what did you falling, think about them? Yeah, falling into the fire. Did you? I mean, it's a little on the. Oh nose, yeah, it was obvious. But, but like, I still liked it. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. So we get that, and that's the end of that. Um, we'll we'll leave the Arya shell shot yeah, stuff but for, I, I for mean, the very end. It is kind of interesting how both uh, the fight and Arya running, like, were together. Oh, yeah. That was edited that, really them, well. Yeah. Them going back and forth between them, like, you know, essentially almost dying and getting trampled and being on the ground was was well done. It was incredibly well done. Um, but, you know, we got a pair of people dying. Uh, Jamie and Cersei meet up with each yeah. other. And yeah. Jamie has, you know, his plan. So he and Cersei, you know, head for the hills. And they make it down to those dragon tunnels, and what do you know? Cave in. Yeah, but there was... There's no way out. You know what? There was some light going through that, okay? (laughs) They could have dug their way out. Maybe not dug, but they could have climbed. Cersei's, you know, Lena Headey's, you know, she's a small one. Like, I don't know how tall she is. She's spry. She's, you know, fit. She could fit through there. (laughs) So I'm going to... I'm gonna see the floor because I know that you are a huge leaner. I am. I, so I I I need to have your take. You know, this is and also for your friend who was wondering what you thought about the Jamie story. So I want you to. I'm seating the floor to you for this whole last hurrah. For okay. Them. I do want to put one thing up. First, yeah, I want your thoughts on this because we didn't we didn't get the uh, uh, Valencar. Um, prophecy the way that we expected it to but they did from what we figure die in each other's arms so jamie's arms were around her did you see there's like a controversy now where jamie didn't have his golden hand around her this is real oh no i didn't see that (laughs) oh no i was like damn first a coffee cup and now this but like uh, the, the, I'm sure they'll yeah, edit it in I don't, before next week if I that actually happens. I don't care either way. But... That shit happens in movies all the time. Yeah. Like, it's a clumsy so, mistake, you know, but... Yeah, it, you know, it's no big deal. Um, but, you know, they're they're really big on having prophecies fulfilled in ways that you don't expect uh, in the book and in the show. So I like the idea that, yeah, it wasn't the traditional we expected Jamie to strangle her to death or Tyrion possibly to strangle her to death. But, you know, she did die with, you know, in the arms of a younger brother. So it's just just my just my two cents. I see. So I liked the death. And I think this is what is going to maybe divide a lot of people up. Because, I mean, I was sort of hoping for Jamie to strangle her, or I was, I was totally on board with Arya wearing Jamie's face and killing her, and, like, her yes. realizing it wasn't Jamie, like, when she realized two hands were around her throat, or, mm-hmm. like, even getting eaten by the dragon, like, something violent. Much as I love Lena, um... Right. Like, but... I... And I'm, I'm perfectly fine with... 
her dying as the castle crum- crumbles on top of her. I think that's very good. I'm okay with that. I really like... It's very poetic, metaphorical, whatever you want to say. But I don't like how... And this is, again, with how the showrunners treat women. She became hysterical and sobbing and needed to be consoled by Jamie. And she's like, I don't want to yeah. die. I want to be a mom. And I was like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. You had nine years <laughs> to not be a monster. Like, nine right. or like eight seasons to not be this gargoyle of a human. And now you suddenly, like, I want to be a good mom. I think think they were just doing that to make us sympathize with Cersei while showing off just how evil Daenerys is. And I think I don't like that on a bigger level. I don't like that because it takes away from the battle or the massacre, whatever you want to call it. Because, like, let, let me ask you, like, what was one of the... What do you think was, like, the driving point behind what made Blackwater so special? Because you've got Stannis and the Lannisters. And you hate both of them. I mean, you love both of them, sorry. Yeah. And right. you want to see Stannis win, but you don't want to see Tyrion lose. Right. But you want Tyrion to win, but you don't want joffrey and cersei to win either and so you don't want stannis to lose right so you're very conflicted about that whereas here you know you're like all right well i'm not supposed to like daenerys and all of a sudden cersei needs to be which is new yeah by the way that's like a within the last 20 minutes of you asking yourself that question yeah like and now cersei's like we have to feel bad for her like it doesn't work Mm -hmm. that way um and I think had had it been any other actress, I don't think they would have been able to deliver it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Cersei did it. Like, you know, I was like, oh, I feel bad. That sucks for them. A little bit. But she would <laughs> right. not do that. She would not... I mean, maybe she does, but she would not weep, like... And I it just... I'm tired of, like, all the women needing big, strong men to comfort them and be calm and whatever... Um, I mean, you could also make the argument, too, that the guys are emotional in their own way. Like, Jamie literally rode down to Cersei on a whim, and, like, Grey Worm, you know, is out of control with his emotions, and just because he's not crying doesn't mean they're not emotional. You you could make that argument, but I think it's much more on the nose that, like, the woman characters need either consolation from a guy or... They can't show off their femininity. I know one of my good friends, Becca, had pointed this out. Like, which which character on the show now has like embraced their femininity? Which I don't like using the word too much, but I mean in this context, it, it works. Right. Like, you used to have like Marjorie Tyrell, which whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think she is a fan favorite, <laughs> or was. Um, but like, you you know what I mean though? Like the only, the only yeah. female character that people really rally behind. Like universally yeah, like, loved. I don't like saying it, but the dude bros, like even me, like yeah. Arya. And it's yep. because she rejects like wearing dresses and all of that. Traditional yeah. femininity. And, I mean, you yeah. could, or you could argue like Sansa, but fuck her. She's a snitch. <laughs> 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 so Yeah. Um, 
I just think well, let me, there's a let lot me to be put said there. this to you and and let, let me see what you think about this because this is the kind of conversations I've been having with my friend group. Uh, not liking the way that Cersei died because it felt uh, inequitable to the amount of damage that she's done. Like this idea that if Danny is killed in some way, that it's going to be some gruesome or at the end of some gigantic battle where the idea is to ultimately destroy her because she's become the mad queen and so on and so on um versus the amount of good that she's done you know in her show run and in her in her life in general uh compared to cersei who got you know i get, you know getting crushed to death is not a great way to go it's but ultimately got off kind of scot-free no, i mean she yeah. didn't get <laughs> so what do you think about that i mean i don't know like it's tough to say someone didn't die well yeah, enough, you I know, mean, like, they, they're still dead. The thing is, like, it sounds like a, a horrible thing to say, but does she really deserve to be, to die with Jamie? Does she deserve one ounce of comfort? That, like, that's the other yeah, side of that, I like, think. You know, it's like, not only Ramsey, did she, Ramsey like... Ramsey was eaten by his dogs. Like, that was, <laughs> like, that was like a, right. a fuck yeah moment, and I... That seemed pretty equivalent. I think, yeah, we should have. I feel like we should have been given that fuck yeah moment with because Cersei. I mean, you could argue she is not as bad as Ramsay. Because like, yeah, she did worse uh, yeah, things. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, you could. It's it's difficult, but you could. I mean, for I sure. think Ramsay is more evil in that he's like, like yeah. if Cersei doesn't like, she's not gonna kill you for. I mean, she will kill you for fun, but <laughs> like she. Well, she, I think that she, she's probably, you know, I think she's the character that's one of the characters that seems one note and is ultimately more dynamic than people could ever even give her credit for. Uh, and that has a lot to do with the way that the character's written, but also just Lena in general. Um, whereas I think that people thought that Ramsey was kind of this devious mastermind, but no, he was just a sadist. Yeah, like... You know, and and that's and that's and that's fine. You know, the, the, this world can have both of these things existing in them, and then both be like considered to be bad guy characters and stuff like that. But there is something interesting to be said about you know uh, Ramsey being hoisted by his own petard. Essentially, it's like the method that he used to torture people was ultimately what ended up killing him. Versus the fact that Cersei gets to die outside of the view of all the people that she's you know led to this point you know regardless of whether you think daenerys you know snapped and you know went overboard whatever all that stuff is it's pretty compelling case to be made for all that stuff but cersei could have kept all of this from happening at any point and she could have lived she probably could have found a way to live out her days with jamie somewhere you know way far away and you know had the life that she wanted only at the last second but she you know she wasn't drawn and quartered she wasn't made i guess she already did her walk of atonement but she wasn't made to suffer in front of all the people that she made suffer she got to die in the only person that she's ever truly loved loves arms apostrophe s there uh you know it kind of hidden away from all the destruction that she was very responsible for and yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. I mean, she blew up a church. <laughs> like, yes. 
which is one of the things. And I mean, we definitely don't have time to get into it because we're coming up on two hours. Oh, God. Yeah. But you know, it's like this this whole Danny is the Mad Queen. Danny equals Mad Queen now. Blah 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 blah. Like, sure, fine, whatever you want to talk about. You knew it was coming. That it was telegraphed. All that stuff. That's fine. Get your own podcast. You can talk about it as long as you want. Here, we're not too worried about it. However, and this is something that I know that you have said before very astutely we already have had a mad queen it's yeah, cersei she's not a good person she's not a good leader she's not a good queen like you said like she blew up a church with a ton of people there were in it. riots because people were starving like she's just it's in in the books too she's pretty incompetent like and mm-hmm. it's a really interesting thing that we don't get as much in the show where like it's sort of like hinted that like as she gets older she's like drinking more and starting to gain weight and she's right. becoming like king robert and right. i really wish like we could have seen that maybe not have cersei you know you wouldn't have to put a fat suit on lena heady but, right, but right. like right. you know like i mean we see her drinking and being devious and maniacal yeah. whatever but she she literally up until her death, she's using these people as a human shield. And, you know, it's like the ultimate um, Pikachu meme where it like with the squinty yeah. eyes where she's like all of a sudden just like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. It's like, are yeah, you kidding like she... me? You literally had everyone come inside the gates basically daring Danny to do what she is yeah, now she... doing. And yeah, you're shocked? she cut off her Danny's hairdresser's head. Like... <laughs> I, mean, I mean like you, you it was could super have... funny that danny's hair looked so I shitty know. the first time like, we well, saw her yeah, after i was like that that's funny that's like, funny that's super no funny. but i mean like cersei if if they really wanted to like they could have built it up like okay maybe she's not as evil by having her spare miss Andy or whatever right. like you know but no. not at any point they do but any not of that. only that but her character itself isn't someone who's going to beg and plead and run away. Like, right. During the Walk of Atonement, she says, like, I'm a lion. I'm not going to let them get to me. Like, I'm, you know, right. and during Blackwater, when, uh, in season two, when they were, like, storming the Red Keep, she was like, oh, I don't know who's here, but I'm going to drink poison. Like, I'm not letting them take me. And right. having her run like that, it's, it's different from Arya and like realizing like oh this isn't worth it um it's totally different from that because cersei's one a lot older two she prides herself on being a stalwart lion who will would rather see the city burn than give up what she holds dear and now she's like running away and crying and she needs to be comforted. And I'm like, fuck off. That would not, that's not what we know of this character. <laughs> yeah. And like, yep. you know, I felt sympathy because again, Lena's an amazing actress and the next episode is going to not be as good because she's not going to be in it. <laughs> um, right. But like, I just think like, I can only suspend my disbelief for so long i like we were thinking two weeks ago like oh maybe the pregnancy's fake like what does that tell you (laughs) about her character she's a she's a monster and right uh, i just i don't know what do you think because i i need 
to know that I'm not alone in this, but no, I, I told it's, you know, it's the mishandling of female characters on this show has been widespread and I wish it had only been contained to this season, but it has not. And it's been uh, kind of a travesty considering um, the strength of all of the actors, but particularly the women on this show. Um, and it just really, it, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing to think that the people that are writing the show might not understand the characters that they've developed. And it's, it's difficult because it's the type of thing where you, you, it's like we were talking about with the showrunners where they're like, they're not sure that Danny would actually do the things that she is currently doing that they filmed and wrote. Yeah, like how in- the, the, you have to like the characters have been created by, by the people that are making the show. And then it feels like at times they lose track of where they've come from. And it's ultimately this thing where it's like, well, they wrote it. So it's like, you know, it's this idea of your canon versus the canon that's actually happening in the show. And this this episode in particular, like, almost felt like it was from a different show. And it, it was a fantastic episode. You can, uh, you know, shit on the writing if you want yeah, to. It's the, totally everything fine. Everything was great 100% except the, valid. the writing, which that bothers me because it's like writing is a – I'm a writer. So, like, that is a thing right. I care about. But <sighs> But it kind of – it almost makes me think that – Maybe this entire time, the show that we've been watching, the way we've been experiencing it, has been so insular that we've been experiencing it only through our prisms and the prisms of our friends and the prisms of the people that we talk to about the show. So much so that we're able to kind of keep ourselves safe from these ideas that we didn't quite like or these plot lines that we didn't think were were worthwhile. And this episode was literally and meta so destructive that it broke through that and kind of revealed the truth of the show. And it's just the type of thing that I've been thinking about since I watched it yesterday. And it might just be a tinfoil hat experience. And I totally, I'm totally fine with me being just crazy sounding right now because of that's, that's exactly what this episode did to me. And I hope that that is part of what the intention was to kind of really show the power of this product that they were able to kind of make this type of visceral experience so devastating that it kind of makes you question the, the entire show itself, Um, which was great because it led into this very last sequence where, you know, it was like, we were witnessing a bomb and a bombing. Yeah. Like I got, I got like big uh, fallout vibes. Like, um, which I, I guess we're going to go back to talking about the show again <laughs> really quick. But, yeah. like, um, Arya waking up covered in ash. Um, Which was super yeah. direct, and I uh, loved it. Her, her you face, know, this, her that, face you being know. clear, but everything else being ashy. But that's neither here mm-hmm. nor there. Um, it's a, the <laughs> nature of the show. and, or, and They did give her... Uh, a possibly broken nose, which I was I was a yes. fan of. I was like, good job, makeup department. Yeah, I think I think the makeup department doesn't get enough credit either. They they're great. That's something I don't think I've really heard a lot of people talk about. But anyway, um, yeah, like Arya covered in ash, and she you know she looks around at all the destruction, and I I really love seeing like the aftermath. Like it, it sort of. 
kind of reminds me of like why I'm excited for the Chernobyl show that's coming out. Uh, <laughs> right. Like I'm, yeah. I'm big into like horrible events, I guess. But like <laughs> it, but like the music too, which we didn't really talk about earlier. The like deep bass notes and mm-hmm. like it kind of reminded me of like the Battle of Winterfell, like beforehand. And then the Reigns of Castamere being played, like, when Cersei's looking out, oh, yeah. like, it, like the, I mean, again, you know, we can't say it enough, uh, the, the music is outstanding, but, um, Fantastic, yeah, yeah, like, the sound design, like, with the buildings crumbling, like, it, it reminded me, like, do, you've seen Titanic, right? Sadly, yes. <laughs> no, you know what? Don't be sad. It's a good movie. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. Like, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, this movie sucks. But, like, then I got woke and I was like, I was like, oh, dude, this is a movie Titanic about the working woke. class, like, <laughs> like overthrowing the rich on a boat. I love it. But, um, no, I, like, when, um, I think, like, Rose and Jack are, like, going through the, uh, the boat as it's sinking and, like, you hear the steel beams, like, which, can't be melted by jet fuel um crunching and like creaking and that like ominous sound and it sounds like a monster is being unleashed on the world like as like Mm -hmm. the buildings are crumbling and Arya not running in zigzags because she hasn't seen prometheus um (laughs) like and like just the sound of like the wildfire explosions going off like like it sounded like bombs and it it was right oh man but then Arya, you know, she finally is, like, walking through, like, the broken bodies and stuff. And what does she see but a white horse? Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, what, what do you think of the that? Because my initial thought well, was, it, like, there's definitely, the fuck? But then I thought... Well, so, I, I kind of felt um, that from a practical in-universe standpoint, that that was they they wanted that to be because the only horse that we had seen besides like the Dothraki horse and everything like that um, was uh, Harry Strickland. Is that yeah, his name? I don't think that was the same horse because I thought that horse died. I'm just saying that that was that was the only white horse, but I would assume that that horse died yeah. for sure. But maybe um, they had to use the same one def- because the horse budget isn't what it used to be. <laughs> right, but they did they did partially cover it in blood. Uh, yeah, so um, so that was pretty you know cool. What that- kind of reminded me of um well first of all speaking of white and blood um when Arya before she woke up to all the ashes when they're running through the city Mm -hmm. like the white like gleaming stucco walls like painted with blood that was like glisten it looked so good and then like the fire the the color just popped out but anyway the the white horse covered in blood reminded me of like um the three-eyed raven and, and the weirwoods and Mm-hmm. That made me think, like, oh shit, maybe that's Bran. Uh, th- I've definitely seen yeah. that theory, um, uh, and <laughs> kind of, it's one of those things. I think someone said that it was as Bran calling Arya an Uber, <laughs> uh, which I also thought was pretty funny. Um, and I would love for this idea that you know Bran is watching all this happening and is clearly not, you know, it's Bran. He's not doing anything. He he watches. He is, you know, he is memory. So he's experiencing it as it's happening. But I did like this idea that the part of humanity that still exists in Bran is like, let me see if I can help my sister yeah, out, just looking out here. Yeah, right. But it's definitely a lot of pale white writer, you know, death foreshadowing this idea that, you know, death comes in on a white horse and but all that. That's and I just even like this idea. prophesized in the books, too. 
Yeah. Oh, is it? Um, I think in chap Daenerys is like second chapter in uh, Dance with Dragons. Um, Quaithe mm-hmm. uh, visits her in a dream. For those who don't know, Quaithe was the weird lady with the weird mask in season two that talked yeah. to Jorah, and we never saw her again. Um, so yeah, right. I don't expect people to remember her, but she appears in a dream and she says, like, you know, be be aware of the pa- first is going to be the pale mare, which, you know, mm-hmm. and then she says, um, then the son's son and the son means uh, House Martell, Quentin Martell, um, who was not in the show, but I think he might be now because Dorne has a prince. So True. whatever the fuck that is. Um, maybe we'll see him, maybe we won't, but, um, and then she talks about, like, the Mummer's Dragon, which is not John, but, like, the fake Aegon in the books, but anyway, like, the fact is, like, she mentioned a Pale Mare, and how that was gonna be, like, a warning for Daenerys, so maybe Arya will be the one to kill Danny, but I, that's, I don't know. Um, I, I can't take full credit for that um, idea coming into my head because my friend Kylie, shout out to Kylie, uh, Hi, was Kylie. like, I think uh, at some point during the episode, she's like, ooh, Arya's going to kill Danny," And I was like, what? Because like, it had just never crossed my mind at all. Like, I figured it was either John or she dies. I thought that was basically it. Well, um, I, I kind of had or, that Or thought. she doesn't die at all. Um, I think it was like last week when she... Because she's always said, like, oh, I'm going to kill the queen. She doesn't say which queen. Right. She never said which one. And uh, we didn't really record because I had to work a lot last week. And I had and I was, like, really <laughs> sick. And I still have allergies. Yeah, so, hey. no problem. But, yep. uh, our, our three fans yeah, forgive you, dude. Don't we'll worry. We'll get over it, I'm sure. Um, But, yeah, White Horse, Arya. So, with with the, the brief remaining time that we have, yeah, let's, let's do some predictions. How how do you feel about if we let's just say from are John and Danny both going to make it out of this next episode? Um, no, I think Danny's going down. I think. Okay, who kills Danny? I think either Arya or John. That's those are those because, are my guesses yeah, too. Like, I, uh, do do we have John sitting on the no. Iron Throne or do we have Hermit John? John? John's not going to be able to. Because he's right. gonna one, he doesn't want to do it. Two, he you know he's technically a queen slayer. Like that would be yep, as bad as Jamie sitting yeah, on Yeah, very throne. true. Yep. So what do you we think about either John just going north of the wall or John going and reforming the Night's Watch? Or Maybe something. John going north of the wall to be with fucking Ghost again and giving him the good yes, pet that he I'll... deserves. Hanging out with Tormund and just being a true yeah, Northman. Or maybe he'll go east and make a sellsword company like the Golden Company. Why not? I mean, I don't um, know, but I don't see... Or maybe he'll return to Winterfell. I don't know, but I don't see him on the throne. Yeah. So if we don't... If we've got a dead Danny and we've got a non-John on the throne and essentially all the people that would have any reason to say anything about John being on the throne... Are probably also yeah, dead. Yeah, Tyrion's going down. Um, so. Yeah, so that that information about John being a Targaryen kind of gets buried. Um, do we have independent kingdoms? No. Um, Does Danny end up ultimately breaking the wheel 
even if she's not alive to actually see it happen. Yeah, maybe. That would be the bittersweet, you know, ending, but like I don't want to think of her dying by someone else's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, I I don't see her dying any other way. Um, right. I have been seeing I haven't read anything. I haven't like read the articles, but I've seen like the clickbait like suggesting maybe Drogon like laid eggs while he was away or she was away, whatever, because hmm. dragons are right. androgynous. But um and I was like, well, yeah, I've been saying since the beginning, not to sound like a hipster, I think the last scene we'll get is like maybe a clutch of dragon eggs hatching. Hmm. Like in right. Valeria. But um as for the throne, either no one sits it or uh, I don't know. I mean, I've seen some people think maybe Bran, which I'm kind of, I can kind of get behind. Hmm. I don't know how he's going to get up to the, to the throne because there are <laughs> stairs, but. Um, You're going to have to install a yeah, ramp. But I yeah. mean, think yeah. about it, like, I mean, all right. <laughs> so like the three-eyed raven, when he sat in the, uh, in the weirwood tree, he became part of the weirwood tree. Like imagine right. Bran's body being <laughs> attached to the throne. He would live for like he's gonna live <laughs> for like a wild. thousand years. He's he's basically a right. god. He knows everything. He do, he doesn't allow. He won't be able to be corrupted by you know earthly desires. So that would be right. an interesting end too. Bran like kind of ruling over everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean i I don't know how they would get to that point in the span of like 80 minutes but who the fuck right. who knows anymore i don't know what, 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 maybe yeah. yara Greyjoy can sit the throne i would be i'd, I'd Why like not? that hey uh, what, do you, what, what do you think you know? who are your what are your final uh i really i honestly think that there's gonna just be like i don't know if it's independent kingdoms i don't know if like after all of this we just you know it devolves into an even deeper civil war i don't know if doran gets involved i don't know all this, but I think that there's not going to be a traditional person on the throne. Um, and I think that's going to be due in large part to the fact that there is a huge falling out between John and Danny, and that Danny dies, and that John might also die. I'm not sure about that uh, at this point. Uh, and I do I hope he dies also boring, think. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I also think uh, that Bran is not the Night King. And that they're just going to dispose with that plot line in its entirety. And Bran will probably maybe just become part of the Weirwood at Winterfell. And that's <laughs> How about it. crazy would it be if after all of this, and then after like John and Danny were done for or whatever, like Bran like looked at like the scar in his arm and it started turning blue and he was like, Yeah, now is now's the time. He he, he stands up and his eyes yeah. turn blue. And then Fucking ridiculous! Get like, out of yeah. here! I'd be so. And there's like a thing that's like, <laughs> nah, like, dude. Like at the end of Marvel, here's my plan. Where it's like tune in next, like see Bran next time. Right, Bran. Bran will return in whatever the spinoff yeah, show like, is for Game, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones two, Thronier. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, we get uh, you know a shot of Bran uh, wherever he is at the end, and it's a zoom out. It keeps zooming out and zooming out and zooming out. And then we realize that this entire show has taken place on uh, in McCumber's eye. And that old man was right from the beginning that the sky is blue because it's a blue-eyed giant 
and that's it. And then everyone is just like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Credits. Or Bran wakes up from a dream. And he, or, oh God. Or it's, what was it? The oh theory of Breaking Bad. It was like Walter White wakes up from his coma. Oh, man. I would fucking, I would uh, be that, pissed if that happened. Yes. That would be like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a very against people being like, I wasted eight years of my life or I wasted 72 no, but hours I, that of my would life be a waste. or whatever. I think that that would be one of those things where I'd be it's like, cool okay, if, I did waste my time. Dream, this was a waste like, of my time. No. Oh, this two hours that we just spent on talking about this episode was a waste of my time. Well, no, because we enjoy each other's company. Yeah, that's right. Because we're and, buddies yes, and, and, and buddies all, like to talk. All three of you listening, if you've made it to two hours, yes, you're our buddies God too. Bless you. uh, and that's a quick reminder uh, for me, from you unintentionally. So thank you uh, that to say to all of you listening that if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to leave these underneath the podcast, either on the iTunes page or the Hardman to Please page, whatever floats your boat. Feel free to leave questions there or just, you know, you can message them to us directly yeah, um, on Twitter or, or whatever. Rate and review on iTunes so that Ooh, yeah. we can get we're, six we're, people to listen. We're at listen. a solid 5.0 right now with, with our two ratings, yes. so I'm pretty stoked about that. Are you the pre- – are, are we the people that rated it? Because I haven't rated us yet. I'm, I don't I don't know – I don't remember doing it because it felt like a little bit masturbatory. Yeah, I, I, I uh, definitely but I also, didn't do it. So. I would not be shocked if I somehow had done it, but I also don't want to click on it just in case that is the fact. So I'm just going to – I'm looking at it right now, and I see all five stars all lit yeah, up, so and I see two ratings next to it. Keep giving us like, five yes. stars. You could give us four stars if you want, but I prefer five. Um, five yeah. is great. You know, it's, it's like getting a 20% uh, tip. W- uh, you know. Yeah, where can where can everyone find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Dip Draws Stuff. It's where I draw stuff, and um, I do have a website that I'm gonna have to update oh. again. Um, Adapalma.com. It's where I keep some of my short fiction, um, and I'm I've been working for a while on some other bigger, longer forms of fiction. I don't want to call them books, but that's what they're gonna turn into. So be on the lookout yeah. for that. Um, they're fun, fantasy, and um, they have at least one dragon. So, keep, yeah, keep mm. an eye out. What about you, Frankie? Where yeah. can we find you? Uh, you can find me, uh, I guess, you got the Geekstrom podcast Twitter, uh, where all this stuff comes up. I don't really post a lot on there besides the actual podcast themselves, but maybe I might get a little bit more into that. You can also find me at Franksor. Frank and then XOR. That's my main Twitter there. Um, you can also find Geekstrom on iTunes and I'm looking at getting it on like Stitcher and Spotify and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, we're just uh, out here in these streets. That's where you can find me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, uh, with all of that said, I think I think we've done all the housekeeping we yeah, need to do at this um, point, right? Next week we'll talk about the finale, and um, I'll give a brief <sighs> review of the book, uh, The Thrones Effect: How HBO's Game of Thrones Conquered Pop Culture. It's a pretty yeah. interesting book, and but uh, we'll talk about that if, when it's... if we're if we're lucky. Hopefully, uh, we can get a third person on here because it's a huge, yeah, pretty huge we, event. Um, so we we should have a third. <laughs> don't know yeah. who we'll get but if you want to be on let us yeah. know <laughs> yeah totally uh so yeah share this with your friends and we'll see All you right, next time later bye